Hi, and welcome to What's Up with Lily and Bobby. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's a very windy day in Apodori. We're not in our fancy little studio at home. We are out in the open, out in the countryside, out in the beautiful Coromandel in the, um, on the East Coast. So, yeah, it's a bit of an exciting, um, you know, windswept, stormy day. Uh, but Lily and I, uh, we watched a movie recently about um, a boy, a mole, a fox, and a horse. Um, and it got us chatting about the fact that we love the book of the film, and now you've got the games of the film, and now you've got the book based on the game, based on the movie, based on the TV series. And it kind of got us chatting a little bit about how different stories sometimes work in different mediums and sometimes don't work in different mediums. So um, this one, what's the book actually called? Um, so the book is called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. The boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. Boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. Boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. And we read the book first, didn't we? And we love the book because it's full of beautiful, sweet, um, kind of emotional quotes, right? Which kind of brings us to the cozy quote corner. Cozy quote corner. I mean, this is just a feast of quotes. But the whole book is basically a quote fest. Basically, every single page is a different quote. So you just flip through any page and there's a quote right there. So My favorite is... If at first you don't succeed, have some cake. Um, my favorite one is um, one of them asked, is your glass half empty or half full? Asked the mole. I think I'm grateful to have a glass, said the boy. Oh, that's nice. And there's another cute one that says, everyone is a bit scared, said the horse, but we are less scared together, which is really sweet. Um, so we, we, we love this um, book. We should say we are massive fans of the writer and the illustrator who is the same person. Uh-huh. Um, a guy called Charlie... Mackesy. Charlie Mackesy. We love you. We love that book so much. We also did love the movie of it as well, which was on Apple. Apple. Please sponsor us, Apple. Um, I... I liked the movie, but I definitely liked the book a lot more. Um, I'm not really sure why. Yeah. But the medium, the medi- the mediums were the same. It was the same sort of drawing and all of that, and it was a um, basically the same as the book. But I don't know. The book was just a bit different for some reason. We, we loved the actors. We loved the voices. We loved all of the people that put the film together. But as we were watching it, we talked about it. And I guess when you change the medium from book to movie, the imagination bit in the book is your responsibility. You imagine what it looks like. You imagine what they sound like. So it's always a bit of an awkward moment where you realize that someone else, the director and the producer, all these clever actors who did a great job, we loved it. But they have their own interpretation, don't they? So when we watched it, it was a little bit sadder than the book for me. It was more melancholy. I don't know who or what that is but yeah i agree it is it felt it felt heavier yeah it, the the book was a bit more light-hearted and like even one of the pages his dog walked across and he just added that in and another one his coffee cup rim was on there and it was all like all the just little happy mistakes and things but in the book it 
I don't know. Something was just brought down a little bit. Yeah. It felt a little bit more glum. It was a bit more earnest, I think. And yeah. the way that the actors did the pieces were a bit was a bit heavier, which is fine. It's the way that they interpreted it. Yeah. But it, it got us talking about the mediums of lots of different things. One of the funny things that I always think is The Simpsons, which is a fantastic, amazing, best cartoon ever made. You couldn't make The Simpsons as a real live show with human actors because if you had a show in which a father was strangling his son... I always thought about that. It would be impossible to watch, and yet we accept it as a cartoon. Yeah, and yeah, just The Simpsons is so funny, and then you imagine... Well, of course, some people take it a bit too seriously and stuff, but... um, but like if it wasn't if it was a movie with actors and not cartoons it would be it would be so bad but as a cartoon it's completely like acceptable and stuff so violent yeah yeah and that this is um connected to quote corner but one of the most famous quotes about kind of media and movies and the way that we communicate with um each other is is a simple quote and it is the medium is the message. The medium is the message. <laughs> no, so the medium is the message is a quote by a chap called Marshall McLuhan. Um, and it's become one of those quotes that's used by lots of different people in lots of different ways. It's easy to interpret. One of the basic foundations in the quote, though, is... The way that you communicate a message is often influenced by the thing that you communicate it through, the medium in which you communicate it through. So things used to be all oral history, so people used to talk a lot, used to describe lots of things. Then we became visual, we had TV. Now, although he wouldn't have had it when he made the quote because it was back in the 60s, we have things like Twitter. The message in Twitter can only be a certain amount of letters words it's a, it, the actual way that it's delivered the medium affects what the message is so with twitter it's usually sharp really horrible mean statements <laughs> that is the medium is the message whereas on email you write something different to the way that you would write a birthday card for instance and i'm sure a lot of academics would be hating this interpretation of it but it's the same thing that we're talking about the way that you put art through different mediums whether it's a drawing a book painting tv show really affects like how it works or if it works Mm. that's also that's what we've been talking about a lot in school actually lately in english we have to do a travel writing and you have to make it you have to it's about figuring out who your audience is and where you're writing it because it's different if you're going to write an email or a text right and so it's kind of finding that balance and whether to use like you know, like slang words and stuff, like mm-hmm. lol or whatever. But like, it depends what audience you're doing. Or bus and bussin. Bussin and bussin. Bussin and bussin. I'm all down with it. Yeah, it just depends. It really depends on what you're writing or showing or whatever, where you put it. 100%. And it's weird when you see Disney making movies that were cartoons like The Jungle Book. And then they make a real life, well, uh, what's it called? A motion capture version of it. Yeah. And then they're doing the same with The Little Mermaid. Where I was they, just about to say yeah. that. And it looks, like again, as a cartoon, it looks incredible and it, we loved it. Like it was really good. The real 
life capture version also looks incredible, but some of the cartoon characters look frightening because they're realistic interpretations of a crab or a fish or yeah. it takes you a while to get your head around it they're still great yeah. movies but they the i don't know if it works as well for some reason like imagine uh, again the simpsons imagine having homer or what's his name bob the psycho or something sideshow sideshow bob Psycho-bob. how could you forget that he's the no, greatest character he's made he's called after me I yeah if it's psycho <laughs> or sideshow anyway imagine them as imagine actors dressing up as them trying to make them look the same as they do in the cartoon that would be absolutely terrifying and there is one famous simpsons episode where the uh, homer falls through a portal into reality and he walks down the street as a comic as a comic character but everything around him is real and it is freaky yeah it's just it's just finding that balance and it's like kind of scary sometimes some how some people have done it like, even if the movie's good or the show's good or whatever, sometimes it's, like, a bit off-putting. I wonder if there's a story that just works for everything. Like, you, no matter what medium you put it through, you, it, you just think, oh, that works as a cartoon, it works as a movie, it works as a single couple of images on a... The, the other thing is comic strips. You know, when you had... The, the Calvin and Hobbes has only ever been a comic strip because... Um, the creator never allowed copyright for it to ever be made into a film or a cartoon and something quite precious about that. I like the fact that it never got moved out of the medium that it was originally intended for. And so I don't think legally you can even buy Calvin and Hobbes um, water bottles. Like you can't even use the images on it. So that's how strict he was on it. And it, I don't know, not that I wouldn't go and watch the movie if it was made, but it's mm. made it almost more special. Like he has obviously thought, or oh, maybe it's a control thing, but is it Bill Waterston, whoever it is? He's just thought this is the best place that it works in. This yeah. is the way I see it, and I don't want it to be interpreted as by other people. Uh, and the same with the famous book called Catcher in the Rye by Salinger, who basically was a recluse of some, was sort of a recluse, he didn't like to talk to the press. Um, and he also refused the film rights for it as well. So it's again, it's a book where he was felt so strongly that it should just be a book, never anything else. Mm. Yeah, it, it's almost kind of like, not traditional, but it's kind of like a ritual kind of thing almost. Like they they just want to keep it as that one thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a book that I've loved more as the film than the book, and it's actually really hard to come up with. I would say this isn't one for kids, but that Stephen King wrote a book called The Shining, which was amazing, loved it, and incredible. But I love Stanley Kubrick's film version of The Shining more than the book. Can you think of any examples? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard because yeah. everyone... Some people will love the movie better and some people will love the book better because, um, like, take Harry Potter. Some people might imagine the characters how they were in the movie or similar, at least, like how they look or even their voices and accents and everything. But, like, when I read the book, I I imagined everyone quite differently. And then seeing the movie, I was like, this isn't quite right. Like, this isn't, I had to stop it because it just didn't feel right to me. And now sometimes the franchise is so overpowering that those images are so part of your culture that when you go back to reading the book, you've forgotten your original ideas of those characters. Yeah. They actually become yes. Daniel 
Radcliffe or these people that you, yes. before you thought, oh, that's not quite right. And then suddenly yes. your brain just locks in and accepts them. So that's funny how that and the visual medium for humans is so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, we love moving images like it's such a big part of our life especially yeah. film addicts like you and me <laughs> yeah, that's self-confessed cool. film addicts <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me i read i watched the f- i read the first book and then watched the movie or a bit of it or whatever yeah and then i wa- i read the second i started to read the second book and my my whole imagination completely changed about it it wasn't, wasn't the, the same. same it's crazy it was still it was still good but it wasn't I don't know, it just wasn't as, like, comfortable. Okay, well, that was a good chat about the medium is the message. And as you know, we have been, well, inundated with listeners, fans, fan mail, both on email, Twitter, the, the Book of Faces, um, the Gram of Insta, We've had a lot of feedback, um, and we've, we've, we're in a lot of meetings at the moment with sponsors, aren't we, Lily? I mean, I mean, it's actually kind of all that we're doing at the moment. You should see my emails. I've got like eight, like nine. Yeah. Probably. Emails. Probably nearly double figures, and our numbers are blowing up. So um, that's why we're actually very lucky today to have another relevant sponsor for our podcast. And this is an app that a few of you will know about and a few of you won't, and we hope to spread uh, this app to lots of people so that they use it. So um, thank you very much to the sponsors. Thank you. We appreciate it a lot. We appreciate you sponsoring our show. Uh, big love to all of our previous sponsors from our other shows. We haven't forgotten about you, even though some of you are in court at the moment for some serious issues. Um, um, we weren't supposed to talk about that. Oh, no, we're not supposed to talk about that. That's a different podcast. Um, but this app is called very simply the WWW app. Not the World Wide Web, the Wobbly World Web app, but actually what we watching, what we watching. That's what the app's called. So you know, Lily, how you and me and Mum and George and Jojo, my sister, sit down and we say, "Hey, what are we going to watch tonight?" Every night. And you know how that ends with us having a massive argument because no one can decide what we're going to watch. And then we watch the same thing we watch every night again and again and again. And we've watched it about five times in the same year. Yeah, it's usually got Kevin Hart in it because we just have to find something everybody likes, right? And Will Ferrell. (laughs) So this, the WWW app, the What We Watching app, uh, it basically just listens to two minutes of all of the people arguing about what they want to watch, like how they feel, what they've seen, and it makes a decision for you and says you need to watch... Tag. Great movie, Tag. Very underrated. You need to watch... What's it called? <laughs> no, wait, I just had it. I just had it. You need the What We're Watching app. What We're Watching! I'm saying that no, like... No, Daddy's Daycare. Daddy's Daycare. No, not that one. No, Daddy's Daycare 2. No, Daddy's Daycare, but it's, it's cool. Anyway, What We're Watching... Grown-ups. Grown-ups. Grown-ups, yeah. So, so all the app does, listen to you shout with your family for two minutes and it finds the exact sweet spot through a very complex algorithm. It decides exactly what you want to watch. So if you're not sure what you want to watch, you're having a big argument about it, switch on the What We Watching app. The triple W's. What We Watching. What are we watching? <laughs> what are we watching? 
It's the most amazing app in the world. Okay, so we've covered a lot of stuff today. Medium is the message. The boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. The Simpsons. Our love of Disney. Is there anything else you want to kick off? I still have my question. Yeah, go. Just ask the man. Okay, we have some questions for you. For me? Of course. Oh, my goodness. So what makes the book so enjoyable in... What makes the book so enjoyable, like physically and like the words and the pictures and all of that? I mean, drawing, sorry. I love the illustrations. I think you did such a beautiful job. They're so simple, they almost make you mad. Like, when, because we draw a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at the fact that he's just managed to create these really incredible, well drawn, emotional characters out of four or five strokes of his ink pen. And as you say, I love the fact that he accidentally left. Uh, coffee stain on one of the pages I think his dog walked over another page you know that's the kind of stuff that happens in real life so the the that tactile feel as if he'd given us the actual pages from the illustrated book just loved it and I love like hard copy books it just makes it feel so much yes just more enjoyable yes tactile physical I am a massive fan of the kindle or the Kindle, as I call it. After years of resisting it, I finally succumbed to it, and now I love it. But there is something very powerful, especially about illustrated books. Like Calvin and Hobbes, never going to work on the Kindle, but it works beautifully on that. And I think like Calvin and Hobbes, you know, the mole and the horse actually had a lot of nice, innocent ideas in it, things that adults forget, maybe teenagers forget, because they all get into being cool and com- confused and complicated. I hate being cool. It's cool, sucks. Um, and so that's nice that that book is one of those little pleasant reminders of simple lessons in life. Yeah, and those little, like, happy mistakes and all of that. Like, you can't, those just wouldn't work in the movie. Like, they wouldn't have anything like that in the movie. It just wouldn't. You can't have a happy mistake in an animation. You can't be like, oh, no, the comic cup is on the, the screen of yeah. the camera lens. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work, which is fine, but it's... It just doesn't, you know? It no. just doesn't quite come ac- across. There were some beautiful scenes in the movie as well. Like, that was really well done. I love the voices. But, yeah, it's the book's just a magic little realm in its own right. All right, next question. Question number two. Um, personally, I think his art, we've kind of already talked about this, but his, I think his art style is a bit like Quentin Blake-esque kind of thing. Yes. Because it's, like, so messy, it's cool. Yeah. But would you consider would you compare his style to any other illustrators love quentin blake and also uh, my favorite artist of all time outside of calvin and hobbes is chris riddell uh who i think is the like the poet laureate equivalent of the children's illustrator in the uk he's like the main person in the uk that is a representative mm-hmm. and his is simple drawings but but much more complex than those two men like he's yeah. doing things like he's gothic girl goth girl sorry oops sorry chris and um really beautiful um rendered um books illustrations for um you know, some of my favorite books, actually. What's his name? I've forgot, completely forgotten the name of the uh, of the writer that I'm, I'll think of it. But um, unfortunately, the milk guy? Um, no. Nick? Ne- no, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Caroline. Caroline. So I love what Chris um, Riddell does for um, Neil's books as well. Just, just phenomenal. 
And again, the thing I'm always obsessed about in everything that I do creatively, character. He somehow manages to get character into all of those, you know, images. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think, like, Christian Dow has such a unique style, but if you really break it down, it's simple stuff with a little bit of flair. Christian Dow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. In fact, when I was a really geeky A-level student in the UK, Chris Riddell used to do the political cartoons, and I used to cut them out of the newspaper, lots of them with Thatcher and Neil Kinnock and people you won't know about, and and glue them into this book. And I've still got about 2,000 of his original illustrations. Oh, my god! Yeah, I think from The Independent back in the day. So he's been like a person I've just loved from when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, you you must have been so cool. I was such a cool kid, man. Um, Cutting stuff out of the newspapers, sticking them in my book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also know you are obsessed with quotes. You have a bunch of books. Obsessed. Four volumes of books, yes. Um, called The Soul Book, yes. Very good. Um, and do you, again, do you think any authors are similar to his, have similar writing styles to him, or do you think he's more unique? I haven't come across an author where the writing is so pared back. Yeah. Like each page is only 10 words sometimes, which is kind of amazing. I tell you, the closest person is uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very stripped back, all about the characters. Yeah, Sendak. Yeah. Morris Sendak, insane. So, you know, the, the, those three or four um Writers and illustrators, probably the best in the world, I'd say. True, true, true. True, true, true. And actually, that was another film that was a bit awkward when they made a film of Where the Wild Things Are. Do you, did we watch that together? I didn't watch it because I just, I saw the cover thing. I saw the kid and the monsters and I was like, mm, I'm mm, out, mm. I'm out. I was like, I, I, I don't usually not like movies because I think, I don't think they can really be many bad movies because they all bring you enjoyment yeah. and entertainment, even if they're not the best, right? Yeah. But that one, I was just, there's just something off-putting about it. Like, it just works in yeah. a book. But the movie, like, you can use your imagination, but in the movie, it's just all there for you, and it's, like, not as imaginative. Yeah, again, that, that film, although I love the director, I think it was Spike Jones. actually, he did a great job, but it brought out so much sadness from that book when I thought that book was more about madness and craziness and max and so yeah again it's just the interpretation that's difficult for people to accept sometimes although we love all inspiration we love all people that are creating creations so we we love it we're we're glad you did it it's just not for us yeah just some things that 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 work better in different mediums okay the medium is the message and that's a wrap so good to talk to you, Lil. I'm glad we've done another podcast. Love our time together. Next time we are talking about sitcoms. Oh, <laughs> well, we talked about. Oh no, what should we do? No, yeah. I was going to say Chris Riddell because then it was like a little Chris Riddell. Okay, maybe yeah. sitcoms though. Maybe sitcoms. We've been we'll, sitting on that. We've for been a while. sitting on sitcoms for a while. So next time we're going to be talking about Cheers. We're going to talk about Friends. We're going to talk about Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nine Nine. nine. That wasn't, that wasn't it. Oh, um. 99. Every day. Every day. New girl. Oh, Every day. Every day. No, it's every day. Every day. Who else are we going to talk about? Friends. Friends. You already said that. Ah, twice because I love it so much. Um, just, just. Golden Girls. 
just lots of good people, good stuff, good actors. Yeah, and why we love it so much. I mean, The Office. We've got to say The Office. Oh. <laughs> English Office or US Office? Quick, which one? I haven't watched UK, so I'll say US. Okay, I'll say both, but in the end, actually, the US one was a bit and better. And the second one, which is... That's, a, that's rare. That's a change rare. of, not mediums, but a change of culture, and yet it sequel. got better. It got better. love, love... Love, love the office all right you guys lovely to um, talk to you don't forget to use the what we watching app and talk to you get soon a, get a code off for 20 percent using bob and lil and in the thing in the <laughs> <laughs> terms and conditions apply goodbye <laughs>